Friday, everybody. It is so good to be back. I am Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews, and I've also got Maureen Borsi here with me. Hey, Maureen. Hi, Steph. Hi, everyone. Happy Friday. Yes, it's it's been great. Maureen's kind of been covering for me on and off the last couple of weeks as I haven't been feeling super well. But um, by, by the way, everyone, I, I've been really excited. I was going to ask this global convention. Um, the whole HAR team was going, but now, unfortunately, half of us aren't well and aren't able to go. So that's a bit of a bummer, but um, Mary and uh, April will be at ASA Global Convention this weekend and the following week. So if you do see them there, um, definitely say hi. They are doing the donut tour uh, without <laughs> us, which was the it's thing we were, also, we were also excited about. <laughs> we were going on a donut tour and that was all we really wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, let's see. So thanks for joining us, everybody. We've got some questions in here today. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. Do you want to go ahead and take these over, Maureen? Let's see what we got. Yeah, absolutely. So our first question is from Tanya Williams. She says, hi, Steph. What advice do you have for somebody dreaming who has worked under a host agency and has now ventured out solo to create their own lane? travel agency ownership. All of my contracts are direct. My agency is licensed and bonded. You never know what you don't know starting out. So feel free to share any advice. Thanks for in advance for all your help. So first off, congratulations on starting your own travel agency ownership. And here's some advice uh, for you for going solo. So it looks like you are already off to a great start being that you are uh, bonded and licensed, and that you have already started to build direct relationships with your your contacts. So that's great. Um, you know, what we would suggest is that next year, you're going to really need to decide now that you are not hosted and you don't have the benefits of the host or even the consortium, is decide whether or not you are going to join a, a consortium, or if you're just going to literally be a standalone solo agency. So First advice is if you are going to join a consortium or you are already a member, that is great because you do benefit from the relationships with the preferred that they have already established, as well as, you know, getting the benefits of the higher commissions with them. And I would suggest that, you know, as part of your consortium, find out who is the BDM for the consortium. Uh, for your territory and with them because they also do have some great contacts with the suppliers as well. So that's a great way to kind of network there. And then um, I know that you had mentioned that you already have some relationships already built with direct contacts. So I would just make sure that you are working with the sales team for this that you are working with. They are there to help you grow your business. So don't be afraid to reach out to them. Um, whether it's, you know, you have, you think it's a simple question or not, reach out to them as they do want to work with you. Now, if you are not with a, a consortium, this is something that you're going to want to take into consideration is your commission levels. So not being part of a consortium, most likely with a supplier, you are going to be starting off at, for example, 10% commission. Now, each of the different suppliers has you know, a commission grid or um, commission levels that you must achieve on a yearly basis. So something you want to find out is find out exactly what the 
transaction structure is with the supply chain with. So even though you might be starting off at 10%, you could easily say you do $20,000 in sales, that could actually push you level, which might be 13%, it might be 15%. So just you understand the commission structure. I would also ask, um, when do they actually change you to the next commission level. So say you booked something in July, are you going to move up to the next tier in July or is it something that's done on a yearly basis? So a lot of suppliers do do it that, you know, when you are on your own, not with a consortium, that they will actually move your commissions at the end of the year. So what happens is if you started off at 10% and you sold enough to get to five, you know, to 15%, they will do a retroactive check for the 5%, that's the difference between the two. So just make sure that you know when they do pay out, you know, when they do move your commissions, if it's, you know, quarterly is usually, you know, that tends to happen or also uh, at the end of the year or most likely it's the first part of the next year. So just make sure they are, that you are aware of that and understand the sales that you do need to achieve every year to stay at the commissions that you have achieved. So you may have to earn, you know, sell $50,000 in a product in a given year in order to stay at like 15%. So just make sure you understand that every year, a lot of suppliers the commission structures. And if you have an following year, you will drop down in commission. If, you know what? A lot of suppliers do have their sales teams that do reach out to you on a quarterly basis just to kind of give you either your you're one sale away from going up to the next commission structure, or you possibly could drop down based on haven't been as good this fall this year. So, so, and they'll be willing to work with you and figuring out, hey, how can we help you to get some more sales out there? I mean, it'd be something as simple as offering some free marketing materials that the suppliers offer to be able to push out to your clients, you know, with great, great promotions that they can utilize. Just simple things like that can help you get up to the next commission, um, a supplier. Also, yeah. you know, yeah. So if, do you have anything you want to add to that, Stephanie? Well, I was just thinking with Tanya, as you're kind of like Maureen is saying, going with the consortia or going just completely independent. Like one thing when you're shopping around to see if a consortia is a good fit, if there's certain suppliers that you know you sell and that's um, who you're going to be booking, see what the consortia tiers are because a lot of times they'll negotiate lower tiers with the suppliers than what you could get on your own. So instead of having to sell 50,000, maybe you have to sell 40,000. Um, and, and that might actually, even if you have to pay something in an annual fee to your consortia or whatever, it might actually make up for it um, in the overrides that you can get or the, the higher commission levels. So when you're, when you're shopping around with consortia, check that. And I did pull up to on the screen. So if you go to host agency reviews homepage, um, and you select in the drop down, I'm looking for a, and then select consortia. That'll take you to our consortia list um, and kind of uh, help you shop around there, which by the way, consortia are not great at getting reviews and are being active on our site. So if you do talk to someone from the consortium, uh, let them know you'd love to see more reviews and more information on host agency reviews because it does help you with your decision-making as you're, as you're choosing. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, you know, we'll make sure that we put some links in the comments as well on consortiums and then also about qualifying if you're 
don't quite have it narrowed down who you want to work with, but it did sound like that you did. But just in case, we'll have both for you as well. And then, you know, certainly um, make sure you still attend industry events. So if you're with a consortium, certainly a conference, they usually have regional meetings or summits, things like that. Um, there's always fam trips to them that you can utilize. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, but there are industry events that you can attend as well. So keep a lookout. You know, if you're part of ASTA, um, they have a yearly conference that you can attend. They also have local chapter meetings. So maybe getting involved at that level as well as it would be a good place to start, you know, kind of networking with agents in your territory and, you know, that are close by to you that, you know, you guys can discuss what's going on, what you're seeing, what are you selling? And that, that really helps for you, you know, to network with your, your colleagues. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Cause I would say the one, the, the two big changes that Marines touched on when you go from hosted to independent is one is kind of the isolation. You're not in this embedded group of advisors anymore. Even if you stay in touch with them, you know, you don't have access to the internet. Um, so making sure to foster those relationships. And then on the same planes, the supplier relationships that the host was previously, they probably had a person that was completely in charge of that. And that was their only job. Um, but now that's another hat that you wear. So making sure to reach out to the suppliers and build those relationships up, which Tanya, it sounds like you already have um, since you said you had contacts with all the on the ground operators. Uh, and then one thing else I wanted to mention um, with the change, and this is more of a logistical thing, is just to make sure you said you were bonded and accredited, but also if you go off on your own, make sure to look at errors and emissions insurance or E&O insurance. It's not a necessity that you have it. A lot of agents choose to have it. Um, but if you were covered underneath your host's plan before, that might be something you want to carry over on your on your own. And we'll put a link to what errors and emissions insurance is and what it does and does not cover. And a spoiler alert, it does not cover errors or emissions, which is very confusing. Um, so we'll put a link to that. And that can be something you can explore um, as you're as you're getting set up. So thanks. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add on that, Maureen? Um, not on that. But, you know, I would just say the one other thing, you know, obviously, having been with a host and your own business, you probably are already set on your marketing and your social social media platforms. But just in case you're not, just make sure that you do put in plan. Um, just remember that, you know, suppliers are marketing materials. So take advantage of what they do offer. Uh, it will just be up to you to send them out, whether it's mail pieces, whether, you know, you're going to post something on social media, because they do usually have things that you can post on your social well. So just take advantage of that. Um, you know, the other thing would be to join our travel agent think tank you are yeah. have not already as well you know get involved with that, that group because that is more experienced agents which is more in line with what you're currently doing great way for you to network with agents that probably are in a similar circumstance where they are deciding whether or not they want to you know go solo and that yeah. does happen to many agents that they decide you know what i can do this on my own and you've been doing this entire time just you benefits of a host, but now you can do it. so working with them, you know, networking with them because they might have some great ideas too of when they went off on their own that kind of made them stand out or what things that did they learn along the way as well. So mm -hmm. um yeah you know, we'll we'll put a link to the 
to the think tank group because that is that's our experienced Facebook group again. Um, and it's, um, yeah, a great resource and way to build community. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, we also are um, our $100 marketing plan. So take a look at that. We'll add a link for that one as well. And then also add, make sure that we add to just a social media link. Just, you know, I'm sure you're social media savvy, but if you're not, this should help you getting started and which one platform should I be using? Um, and, you know, start off small and then you can expand them from there. Perfect. Yeah. Well, let's, we've just got a few minutes left. So I don't think we, I have a question for you actually, Maureen. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so we're, we're talking about kind of building these supplier relationships before. And since you come from the supplier side of things, I was just kind of curious what in your like 20 years of working on the supplier side, did you, were there certain traits or things that advisors were doing that made them successful? So like um, if someone doesn't have tons of sales and they have decided they want to sell this certain supplier, it can be tough to get noticed at first if you have no sales. So what would you recommend um, to people looking to forge those relationships? How can they stand out? Absolutely. So first and foremost, really get to your, your sales team. So depending on the supplier, some suppliers have an outside sales rep or a business development manager. And some teams also have inside sales um, consultants as well. And so the suppliers that have kind of a combination of both, that is so great because at the end of the day, you know that the, the BDM is there to help you out, but they're traveling a lot. And the inside salesperson is always in the office and is there to help you. So it's a great way to connect. And you know what? That inside sales is kind of your key to getting to the BDM as well, especially if you're you're new to the industry, you know, when you get started, take advantage of any type of tra trainings, specialist part the supplier offers. Um, definitely get on their webinars. And, you know, a lot of them do have media groups too, the like Facebook groups in particular. Mm -hmm. that you, but it's it's a really a great way to, you know, especially becoming a specialist. If you decide, you know what, focus strictly on river cruises, specialist programs from two to three suppliers. Take, take a look at what was sell and narrow down your preferred suppliers. Really, in all honesty, I two to three suppliers and start there. And then as you kind of are starting to grow your business and certainly add more suppliers onto it, because what's going to happen is you're going to realize I can cross sell my river cruise client to a tour. I can cross sell them over to a big ship cruise. I mean, there's a lot of different areas that you can take your business. So, I mean, really my piece of advice is get to know your sales team. Definitely mm -hmm. narrow down you know, your supplier list of who you want to work with. And make sure that you have a kind of a strong marketing plan in place. Have an idea of what it is that you want to utilize. So, you know, and two, take advantage of, you know, your consortiums and your host agencies. They will have marketing programs available for you as well. So make sure that you're utilizing what, you know, they're, they have pieces and stuff that are available. But so do all the suppliers. And I'll honestly say that they have a lot of free marketing available to you that, they will create and then send them off to you so that all you have to do is actually send them out to your client base. Um, so it's really kind of a great way 
to get things going for you. And then, you know what, just know that your sales team wants you to be successful and they're there to help you grow your sales. So it might be a little bit harder in the beginning. You do not have sales, but just hang in there, stay in touch with your sales teams and then find out, you know, they'll be willing to work with you if you just like, you know, I'm not sure how I go about this. Your sales team will help you out um, because they do want to see you be successful. So definitely stay in touch with them. And then once things do start, you know, rolling for you, just make sure that you're taking advantage too of when, you know, your consortium or your host um, have events, go to those and actually meet your supplier face-to-face. There's a mm-hmm. lot of networking opportunities. There's opportunities to do one-on-one appointments and booth appointments with them. So make sure that you're you're just getting in front of them so that they they will be working with you. Yeah, and, and one thing I'll add on there too, and this is more for, I guess, newer advisors that maybe aren't, well, I guess it's newer or experienced, but maybe advisors, there's, there's kind of a protocol in place with, um, how far up the chain you go with problems. And so just kind of being respectful of that. So trying to work things out on a local level with your local BDM, you know, before bringing it up the chain, this is, you don't want to be someone that's crying wolf. And, you know, if it's, if it's something that was severely wrong, that isn't being righted, definitely bring it up the chain, either through your host or your consortia or however. Um, But, you know, if it, if it's something like the, chocolate strawberries were were partially melted and they only got like a $25 refund on it, you know, that's not something you should bring to the CEO level or anything along those lines. So trying to be respectful of the the chain of command, even though I am not a chain of command type of a lady, it is important <laughs> to kind of follow that. So it is absolutely. Um, and, you know, really, I would start with, you know, start with the customer service team first. And if you don't feel like you're getting the results you need, then take it to the next level, which is a supervisor, and then reach out to your sales team. If you're still finding that things are not quite being handled in the way that you want, reach out to your sales team. Um, Chances are, depending on what the issue is, they are going to align with probably what the supervisor's decision is. But just making sure that you're, you're starting with customer service, then a supervisor, then your sales team team. And from there, at times, there will be times that, yes, depending on the issue, that you will take it to your host or your consortium, but they will in turn reach right back out to the supplier. And your issue one way or another, it will get resolved. So just know that the supplier is there to, you know, they want to make your clients happy as well as you. So they will get the issue resolved for you. Perfect. Well, everybody, that was um, our Friday 15. So we're ending the near, we're nearing the end of the summer, which is incredibly exciting. And again, this week, ASTA is going on. So look for details on ASCO's global convention. They also have, I think, like a, a virtual summit if you're not actually able to make it that's happening in the next week and a half, I think. So you can check that out. Um, but we will be back next Friday, um, 12 p.m. Central Time for our Friday 15. If you have questions, and we love questions, uh, go ahead and submit them at hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15. And if we don't have the answers to them, we will find someone that can get the answers to you. So go ahead, submit anything, um, even if it's asking us about chinchillas. So we will talk with you all soon. Have a wonderful weekend. Ciao. Bye.